Um, so before I get into this, you can't have a conversation these days without talking about COVID. Well, I, I think we can safely say COVID is in, in the rearview mirror, hopefully, now, and is on its way to being history, but it's impacted just about everyone, right? Either physically or know someone where it's impacted them physically, hospital, somebody passing, it's obviously very serious and it's impacted me as well. And for those of you that know me, know that I've been sad over the last year. Do we have to, Dave, do you flip for me? Because of this, Top Gun. What happened to Top Gun 2? It was supposed to be on and then it was back off and then it was coming out on video. What happened to Top Gun 2? I mean, this was the greatest movie ever and to not have Top Gun 2, I was devastated. All right, so that was just a joke, but we do have a real Top Gun, a real gun show coming and that's what we are all excited about. Is these two guys. <laughs> and honestly, I think they're more handsome than Maverick and Goose and more confident than flying an F-14 fighter pilot because they've got the almighty God behind the work that they're doing. And that's what gets me jazzed up and I hope that gets you as excited too. Because we have finally, our dream over the past couple of years is finally becoming a reality. And we will have the power of two pastors in this church working alongside all of us to make this church hopefully bigger and better for God and God's will and God's purpose than what we could have done under all the energy from Pastor Bloomer. And that's why I think the theme of Vision Sunday this year should be, we got this. We got it covered. But I'd be remiss to go through Vision Sunday without getting into the elephant in the room that's in your ministry plan, and that's the big red number at the end of the uh, budget section. Can you guys hear me okay? I feel this is coming in and out, yeah? Okay. Um, so back to the ministry plan. So the ministry plan, the mission, has not changed. It's the same uh, vision and mission that we've had since the beginning of time. But there is one part I want to call out. You guys all know uh, the, the vision, the mission statement is to reach the lost with the love of Christ. But there's one word in there I wanted to specifically call out, and that's the word, reach. Reach is the verb in the mission. And reaching doesn't happen unless you and I are doing that. We are the ones that are responsible and should be holding ourselves accountable to going out there and reaching. And when we do, we bring guests in. When we bring guests in, they see what all this church is about, and it's infectious, and they volunteer, just like you and I did when we were first brought into this church. And then we want to sign up and become members of this church and this growing church and this growing mission. The one thing that I think we've had a little bit of a gap in is taking us from members to strong, spiritually mature disciples. And I hope that with the power of two pastors, we'll be able to put a lot more focus on that because the better we are at being disciples, it becomes this vicious, exciting circle of inviting more guests in and doing that better, and we can continue to build God's church as he allows it. So back to the heavy stuff, the big red number in the budget and the ministry plan. Uh, the numbers are a little bit off-key here because we did translate a Microsoft product into Apple, so bear with me. Uh, the numbers on the first column here is our budget from last year, and you saw we had a $344,000 budget. The budget for next fiscal year is $400,000, a little under $400,000, and that's that $56,000 increase. So that's a big number. Just to give you some perspective, 
This year, we're planning on ending our offerings at over 300,000, about 310,000. So our offerings versus the budget that we had planned last year was a miss already. And so that's a big step up to 400,000. But let me tell you why we're so confident in the budget that we're putting in front of you. When we started this, we said, wow, we're getting a second pastor. We know there will be a financial strain. You have to invest to reap the returns in the, in the future. So we were confident investing. And we said, wow, with a second pastor, let's really reach for the stars and let's do a bottoms up build of the budget. Let's see what we could all do if we could dream big. And when we did, we came up with a $450,000 budget and said, maybe that's a little too far too quick. So let's scale it back. We can always spend later. But if we have a more fiscally responsible approach to the budget in the first year, we can set ourselves up for sustainability. And so we slashed $50,000 out of the budget to get down to the $400,000. But what I'm proud to state is that we didn't touch a whole lot in the areas that we focus, what our primary focus is. And we're an outreach church. We're a mission church. And so, yes, the outreach number had the smallest cut. Again, we can always spend later if the offerings are coming in, if we feel more confident. Regardless, I want to give you some more numbers. Can you go forward for me? So this is a history of our offerings versus our expenses over the last 10 years. So the green bar is the offering number. The red bar is our expenses. And it's very nicely cut between the last five years and the five years before that. You notice that over the first five years, there was a gap where we were actually outspending the offerings that were coming in. And how could we do that? Because we were getting subsidy from the wells, from our synod. And so we were able to survive because of their assistance. Over the past five years, though, that green bar has surpassed the red bar. And now we've started creating a surplus, net income. And we're a non-for-profit church. We're not supposed to be doing that. We don't want the profit. God is giving us a lot more resources, and, and that's why we were so confident in saying we are ready. We are ready to call a second call, called pastor. Over the past five years, we've accumulated over $100,000 in net profits. So we feel confident we're going in the right direction. We've got the funds. Sorry, next slide, Dave. Um, to, to be able to deliver on that second pastor and the financial strain that comes with that. Uh, this is a little off-key here, but what it, this slide was intended to show you, again, this is the offering number. So we ended uh, this last fiscal year with 310,000 in offerings. This is the budget, the 400,000 budget you've seen. Over the past 10 years, since the beginning of this church, we have realized a 12% annual increase in offerings. Double digits every single year. We have never had a year that we did not have an increase. We've had a high of We've had as high of a 26% increase and as low as a 3% increase. And even during COVID year, we had a 16% increase in offerings. So we're very confident that we're doing something right. However, taking a conservative approach here, if we cut our 12% historical increase in offerings to half of that and grew that offering number, over the next three years, we will have a cumulative gap. That gap will continue to shrink to a total cumulative gap of 166,000. So as we bring our second pastor in, we will, we will consciously outspend what our offerings will be brought in, but those offerings will increase over time. And that cumulative gap is 166,000. Sorry, can you skip to the next one? Again, our confidence is based on the God above that gives us the resources. He has given us more than we could 
handle over the next three years. Even if we had this 166,000 gap, we still have 200, about 230,000 in the bank today. So even if we tapped into the cash, we still wouldn't even spend it over the next three years. One last point on this. Oh, if you go back one. Nope. Oh, okay. One, my last point on this was if you carried out projections, those, that offering projection, oh, next one, Dave, if you could. For two more years, we actually get to sustainability. Oh, this slide didn't come up. The, the best part did. By year five, if you continue that, again, half the increase that we've seen historically, we get to about a break-even. So by year five, if we continued our pace, we can comfortably sustain a second pastor. So with that, the last slide, we confidently put together the ministry plan that you see in front of it, in front of you, with... Uh, the notion of we've got this. We've got this covered, and we've got reserves to help out in time of need. And with or without that, uh, we still have a God that we serve that will tell us if we're doing something that he doesn't bless. So um, lastly, I wanted to also make a plug for our organizational chart. Does the last slide come up, Dave? Yes, perfect. Okay. Uh, so you guys see this org chart when you walk in the church. What we decided to do a couple years back is put a leadership team member in front of every pillar of ministry. So you see David Wells has the pillar of technology. John Garcia, outreach. David Kaczynski, spiritual development. John Barron, service lead and maintenance. And Mark Patempa, special projects and events. We're showing you this because this is the way that we did our bottoms up build of the budget. This is how you all can get involved and any area that you get involved you have a direct leadership team member to reach out to, to get engaged with on your plans, your visions, that can then be, those, that vision can be taken back to the leadership team and ask for resources. We've got resources. We want to support you in all of your ideas. And, and as our second pastor comes on board, we hope that we get even more ideas and more volunteers on taking things and running with it. And so we're trying to set ourselves up for success in the future to be able to accommodate that. So with that, uh, I'll turn it over to any of the leadership team members that wants to come up and say something specifically about the pillar of ministry that uh, you guys are working with and any resources that you'd like to plug for as well. So we'll start with David. David, did you want to come up and say anything about your pillar of ministry? Do you want to use? Okay, let me run the mic to you. So I'm normally at that stage back there, so we'll, we'll see how it goes up here. Um, yeah, just in being in charge of tech team, there's uh, a lot of exciting opportunities for us to uh, hit our mission statement and, uh, and really uh, reach the lost uh, with uh, Facebook, um, with some of our, our, with our live stream every Sunday. Um, I, the biggest plug I want to make is um, volunteer, volunteer, volunteer. Um, we always need help on tech table. There's always a lot to do. Um, opportunities to do whatever you feel comfortable with. So please uh, volunteer. Um, it's exciting. Uh, we've got a couple new things coming up uh, in the next month or so. 
uh, that we were able to acquire with uh, technology. Uh, and we're always looking to advance it. Uh, we're always looking for a new uh, input on how we could do something better. So please, uh, volunteer. Thanks, Dave. So I'll just call John Garcia up for uh, his section of ministry. Thanks, John. Oh, um, so outreach, uh, it's uh, actually something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm, I'm here quite a bit only because my wife has me doing things for her, um, for her, for uh, more um, the uh, children's ministry or whatever. So, but like mornings with mommy, soccer camp, uh, parade. Parade is going to be coming up in September. And again, like Dave said and, and Brian said about volunteering, if you feel like you um, don't have anything to offer, you're wrong. Everybody has something to offer. I mean, whether it's like, I mean, I learned how to sew during COVID, right? Um, making costumes or whatever. Like, do I sew? No, but I learned, right? Um, you know, just helping around, setting up stage or, you know, the, the, the uh, staging things or for the parade or for uh, trunk or treat or whatever. Everybody has something to offer. So please, um, if you don't change your mindset, you do. Everybody can offer something. Um, but uh, outreach again. We're gonna really shoot for the stars this this season or this year coming up or whatever, and we're gonna make it you know Easter egg drop and and trunk or treat and all that. We're gonna go bigger. So please, we need volunteers. Thanks. Thanks, John. And um, just I, I wanted to celebrate the the couple of huge wins we had last year. We had our our biggest wins ever with uh, reaching our immediate uh, community and the, the turnout that we've seen from some of the new events that we tried. We really reached <laughs> big and bold this last year with new events and it just it was amazing to see the feedback from the community wanting to come and participate and, and, and take part in that. So as you'll hear a recurring theme, um, we've got the community that's coming. We just need more of us helping to support uh, the demand that's out there. Dan, over to you. Uh, for any of you that don't know me, my name is Dan Kitzinski. Uh, so I'm the, the spiritual development um, pillar, the pillar of spiritual development. And so when we think about uh, our, the kingdom of God, it starts with uh, witnessing, and that's how we live our lives. Um, people look at us and say, hey, talk to me a little bit. Um, the second thing is evangelism. That's, where, that's the outreach part where we get people into church, but it the core of the whole thing is spiritual maturity, spiritual development. And I believe that with regards to budgets and things like that, mature Christians earn well and they're first fruits givers. So it's one thing to grow the church, but the church is funded by the membership. That's why I kind of like this whole COVID thing. It's been a thing of mine to quit passing the plate for a long time. And we can even quit you're mentioning that it's even out there because as members we fund ministry this is our ministry not theirs but ours we no longer we grow up we start preparing food for other people rather than just showing up and eating all the time so that's with the small groups the men's groups service projects that's another kind of neat thing if you're interested in doing that we once a month at least we go out and serve people and you think about why do we serve people? Is that to help people? No, it's all about um, fellowship, discipleship for them, for us, 
right? When we, when we gather together, we learn. That's the first thing, um, training that you would do on a mission trip would be support the local people, the, the pastors and the expats and whatnot that are living in a weird area. It's not about building a fence or a house or something. It's about supporting um, God's kingdom. So that's the whole purpose of, um, of the uh, spiritual development team. Thanks, Dan. And if I could just say one more thing on that. Um, that's the first time you actually didn't hear someone asking for volunteers. Uh, what he has been doing with, with men's group and just the whole spiritual development pillar has been fantastic. Uh, come along for the ride. Come join. The service projects he's been working on has been uh, really impactful as well, to the, not only to our local communities, to, to the outlying areas as well. John, over to you. For those who don't know me, my name is John Barron. Um, I am the pillar for the building and the grounds. Um, I'm not really good at speaking, so I'm just going to keep it short and simple. Volunteers, 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 volunteers. Please and thank you. And it's a big thing. Um, you know, people get more involved, and it's more things are more important to people when they are in it to win it. Um, you know, as you can see uh, under my list, I've got things that I can use a lot of volunteers for. Um, greeters, ushers and even um, you know, the non-glorious things such as cleaning and maintenance. So um, hopefully you know, within the next few weeks, you guys can think of things uh, to help, um, help around here, help with uh, everything that everybody has already talked about. And uh, you know, let's, uh, get behind, let's get behind things going on here. And um, that's it. Thanks, John. And yep, Dan. So these service projects always happen on the second Saturday of the month. And so on uh, August 14th, we've got opportunities to go out, chainsaw, earth moving, cleaning up a big mess at Rosalind's house, those of you that have been there before. And there's other opportunities. So I'm not actually going to be there. I'm going to be. Uh, installing a water heater in a woman's house that hasn't had hot water in three years. Um, and so there's lots, and putting siding on a, on a trailer. And I got a, like three or four other projects of replacing bathroom floors in trailers that are rotted out, and the toilets are tilted. Um, these things aren't for everybody, but if you're a guy who's got that kind of stomach, I've got work for you. Um, and it's fun. Doesn't sound fun, but it's fun. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about Dan's opportunities is whenever you, I pull off a highway, even in my neighborhood now, there's always somebody that's begging, and I always get nervous. Is, is this a good example to set in front of the kids to give? But there are needy out there, right? Even in Jesus' time and our time, and Jesus was helping the needy, and, and all the stuff that Dan just plugged is, is opportunities for us to do it in a not-so-quirky way, like giving dollars to people at, at the end of highways. <laughs> Um, Mark, last but not least. All right, good morning, everyone. Got to bring up the tail ends. We're going to bring it on strong. Bring it home strong, right? Chainsaw. What's that? Chainsaw. Chainsaw, that's right. All right, so um, again, my name is Mark Batempa. Uh, I see, serve in the leadership team uh, as well as all these other fine individuals that you see here. Uh, and you can hear the common theme um, that uh, what a lot of folks have said is uh, volunteers. 
It is extremely important because in order for all of this to be successful, it's all of us. All of us volunteering together, working together to achieve these goals. And we can't do it while, without each and every one of you. Um, you know, and part of the reason why this is also put together is not only to bring structure to the church, but also while Pastor is fantastic at what he does, he can't do it all on his own, right? So we got to be there to support him. We got to be there to work together and ultimately achieve all the goals and objectives that we want to do here as a church body. So uh, if anyone is interested in the events, uh, the, the, uh, the pillar that I lead, which is uh, special little projects as well as events, well, uh, John Garcia and family leads a lot of the fantastic outreach efforts. I do a little bit of dabbling in this area as well. So uh, if you are interested, again, feel free to reach out to myself. Uh, this is not the all-encompassing list that you see here in the, in the plan. There can be more events. So please, please, please reach out. Happy to set something up, and we can uh, put, a t uh, put a team together and make it happen. So thank you. All right, we ended a little bit early with what we wanted to communicate with you, so now we wanted to open up for any questions that you may have for us or ideas. It doesn't have to just be questions. So I'll just ask anyone that have, ha, may have a question, let me just give me a chance to run the mic to you. Okay, or do we have a second one? We'll just use this one. Okay, first question. Thanks, Brian. Um, so you spoke to the numbers and the budget and what it looks like for the next three to five years. And there being a little bit of a deficit, but knowing that those resources come. We've done an awesome job, I think, as a church, um, really upping our game when it comes to discipleship and outreach. But we know that there has to be areas of the budget cut, right, to get us through. How do you plan and how do you plan on keeping the momentum up with outreach in these next three years? where there's maybe a little bit of a deficit, as well as what do you need from the church members um, in order to keep up that momentum? Wow, first question was a doozy. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan, for the question. Uh, so how do I break this down? When we, when we first started the journey of thinking about a second call pastor, we knew that we were already past the point of the need. The need has always been there. And there's numbers out there. I think the numbers that I, I remember seeing were uh, 250 is the size of a church when you start thinking about a second pastor. We were already at 350. So we knew we were past the point of no return and we needed to get the second pastor in there. So the deficits we knew were going to come um, at some point, but we also had a lot more in the bank that we felt we weren't doing our diligence being servants of God, spending the resources that we already had. And so we needed to start to put our money where our vision was. And so that's why we were confident in calling the second call um, worker. We also would sit around the leadership team table talking about all these other things that we could do. Of course, they came, not all of them came with spending. And as I mentioned, our, our mission statement, the, you know, the verb in that is the reaching part, and that's free. That doesn't cost us anything. But what we would like to do is put some money towards some more community events and make people when they come feel that we are giving we are giving and doing things with excellence there's some things that we may be leaning a little too heavily on the volunteers that we probably should be putting some budget towards we just don't have the budget today we know that uh, we still even during a covid period there the amount of people that would be 
either joining us online or showing up when we started opening up the doors, uh, they kept coming and they kept coming. We know the demand is there, and I feel it's time for us to step up and really accommodate that demand. Uh, I took very conservative, we took very conservative approaches with our estimates just to show, even from the most conservative approach, we're good, we got this. But we got to start putting our resources behind our energy, and of course that comes with the volunteerism, which is why you heard all of us get up here and say, we heard the ideas from you, we would like you to be involved in your church as well in delivering on those and help us understand where we can start to reprioritize our resources to make sure that your efforts are successful. Does that help? Okay, um, other questions? Dan? Uh, one of the other things that addresses that question very specifically is the pastor that we've called. Um, because we were looking at a new grad for a while and when this guy showed up, we're bringing a guy that knows everything, uh, discipleship and um, outreach. And so I think that that's one of the, it's strategic. Um, and so I think that that addresses, that's the direct address to, you know, that's the plan. That's how we're planning it. That's actually a really good point. If I could just tag on to that, Dan, because you just spurred a thought in my mind um, on our whole journey of this uh, second call uh, pastor, uh, we had went down the path of a potential new grad, and when Jeff Gunn was offered up to us on the call list, it was unanimous, I and mean, it took us seconds to make that decision. His history is quite impressive. Uh, the amount of time he's uh, spent in Africa doing hardcore outreach is the epitome of outreach, I think, that is going to bring what we could take to a whole new level. So we're really excited about that. He's also have, he has experience with multiple pastors as well with suits being able to be a complement to Pastor Bloomer. We didn't want to duplicate Pastor Bloomer, so we think that the pair of those two being so outreach focused and, and strategic thinkers is going to bring a lot of structure that the church can, can use as we continue to grow to be to go from a smaller modern church to a, a burgeoning church and start thinking about potentially down the path, what do we do when we start bursting at the seams in this sanctuary? And would we need another potential church or location? Because a lot of us do drive already very far. And is there other opportunities to plant churches? Again, that Jeff comes with that experience already that we don't have the experience. We have the experience of a planted church through Dustin that he's been doing for the last you know, 10 plus years. To have someone already have experience in doing that in multiple churches was another added benefit. So it's amazing how even when we put our minds together and say this is the person that we think we need, God says, no, 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 I'm going to give you this person. And all the additional benefits that could come with us with that benefit just, just blew our minds and made us think even bigger and bolder. Anybody else with any comments or questions? Oh. Tracy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Be careful with this. Don't worry, I don't have a question. I, I also think just being part of this congregation for a bunch of years now, I think having the org chart is a step in the right direction. People know who to approach if they have an idea based on where their idea fits. But I also think that um, our calendar of events is huge. 
um, for planning purposes. That allows not only us as team members to get the information out about every month we have an event going on, but also blasting it on social media. Our events bring people in. The egg drop was an outstanding number of people that we even had wait lists for people to even come in. Even soccer camp, we're always on a wait list as well. So our community wants it, like Brian said, but I think having that vision and it planned out, we can get, we can be more prepared instead of doing last minute planning. So I think to kind of go back on your question as well and to kind of tag along with everybody else, I think what we have in place is going to be really strong this year. And with Pastor Gunn, we can really hit home these events and hopefully get members, because we've had members join from soccer camp and from other different events that we have put together here. So better plan and organization. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Appreciate the comments. Um, anybody else with comments or questions? Um, I just had a question. Where does worship team fall? on which of those pillars? <laughs> good, good question. It's, where did we have that? <laughs> that will be added. <laughs> Clear oversight. I mean, it pretty much, uh, we, I thought we originally had that under, um, it was under no, we, we had both anyway well we're going to definitely add that because i also don't see music up there either and that was combined so we must have dropped that i think it was underneath uh, spiritual development but either way um you'll also notice that pastor's not up there as well so this was more about uh we're trying to take you know as one of our core um uh, our core pillars of our ministry plan is all involved and we, we started going down this path of the accountability chart to be exactly that, that we would take a lot off of pastor's plate. So pastor used to do all of this or lead all of this. And we said, it's too much. We're burning him out. Why can't we do this? Well, and we also send a good, strong message to the rest of the members of the congregation. We're all involved. We're leading by example. And you now have a, a direct contact if you need resources. And we, when we build the budget, we can immediately address any of the resources to allow us to be successful. So while Pastor still touches a lot of this, the whole goal was to take a lot more of the everyone going to Pastor to now everyone can go to one of our own members on the leadership team. Mark, you had a comment? Yes. Being the HR guy, I help put a lot of this together, so I actually have a good understanding of where your question's coming from. Um, there's actually a second, second portion to the org chart that has some of the other called workers that are in, tied to Pastor, uh, as well as Kristen, um, uh, leading the children's ministry. So originally it was under the tech team, but then we broke it off into a second portion of the org chart, which we're gonna further develop uh, in addition with Pastor Bloomer, uh, his guidance, as well as Pastor Gunn's guidance. So you are not forgotten. You do a great job. <laughs> Sorry, I had the wrong org chart up when I looked at it this morning, and Mark uh, sent that to me right before the service started, so I cropped it, and I obviously cropped <laughs> half of that off. All right. 
I know we're a little bit over time, but again, this is all about um, addressing any questions or comments that you guys may have. So please, uh, if you have anything, um, let us know. Okay, well, thanks for your time. Can I just turn it over to Pastor? Can you lead us home in prayer? I wanted to thank you for being here and uh, just for listening and participating. And, um, you know, during this year, COVID uh, brought a lot of unexpected um, circumstances for a lot of people, including our leadership team, uh, who sometimes was willing to meet weekly uh, in order to try to flex with everything going on. And so could we just thank the leadership team for their work? And I just wanted to thank all of you, um, you know, by you being here uh, in, in general too, uh, doing what you do, uh, not to overlook any um, uh, service areas. Uh, in fact, and I know this is not why they do it, um, but we have two that I know um, are transitioning but have just seen us through some incredible things. Um, first is Edie. Um, Edie is an unsung hero uh, who makes our budgeting and our finances so transparent, um, was super helpful even talking about Second Pastor and we welcome those comments and try to listen. Um, but part of the reason we think that we um, kind of led with like, hey, we are looking at the numbers is because of Edie and her daily work of looking at everything going on. Can we please celebrate her work? I am not a flatterer, um, but Edie is one of a kind, and you are just so gifted, and we have been so blessed. Um, but know that we um, are so glad you can also transition, hopefully um, in, in a way that you're continuing to choose your calendar, and thank you for working with our new Emily uh, to help us out and, and for your heart. Um, just been a privilege. The other, um, Judy Campbell, I don't know if you've ever met her. She... <laughs> She likes to hide out. She's kind of unknown. Um, she has been leading a fellowship ever since she saw Pastor Dustin Bloomer getting donuts on the way to Hickory Creek Middle School. Uh, that's been about 12 years now. And uh, she's just had such a great heart of organization. Uh, the heart behind it has always been love. And if you've met Judy, you know that she is just incredible. Um, and I just wanted to celebrate all of the time all of the energy, and ultimately all of the love that you have shown in so many different ways uh, for people of this church. Um, it's it's a, an understatement as it is for Edie to say thank you, but we're going to say it anyway. Um, but could we celebrate uh, Judy? <laughs> and thank you also for working now with uh, Devin, who is uh, looking to uh, uh, help us out in that arena as well. Um, so again, uh, these are the, the people of God working in so many different ways. And, and, and what is the goal? That um, we do live with eternity in mind. And, and, and I know it takes work. And I know it takes time. And I know it takes investment. But here is what I wager. I wager that when we're in heaven after 10,000 years, and then after 20,000 years, and then after 30, and then when we're really like in like the, a million years later, I don't think that the time we spent trying to reach people with the message that saves their eternity is going to be in vain. 
I don't think we're going to, why did I love someone? Why did I give an offering? Why did I praise the Lord? I don't think so. No, I think the reverse will happen, that when we get there, we'll sit with clearer vision out of all the myriad of opportunities this life brings. This was the one that was worthwhile. This is the one where we were working hand in glove with God to be about his business. And so for that, I say thank you, and I continue to keep that vision before you of why we continue to serve the Lord together. Uh, So let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for all those who have ultimately given their hearts to you, um, but have been used by you to extend the kingdom. And now as we talk about all these things, our plans and purposes, we make our plans, but you direct our steps. And it's with humility we rely on you but it's with confidence that we know you're able. (laughs) You're able to do far more than we can even imagine. And so, Lord, we do humbly seek your blessing upon our plans. We'll be here to pivot, um, but uh, let it be for your glory that we continue to reach out to so many more with your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.